This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast, brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss. Today, we're disrupting bridal shower and bachelorette party traditions. If you're feeling weird about having to open all of your shower gifts in front of an audience, or wondering why you feel pressure to plan an epic bachelorette weekend celebration, this episode is for you. We're breaking down all of the options for these extra wedding events and brainstorming savvy ways to pull them off in the way that feels best for you. So with us today to dive into all things bridal shower and bachelorette is Megan Hanlon, the creator of Modern MOH. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I'm just going to give you a little quick intro. Megan is a five-time bridesmaid, two-time maid of honor, and one-time bride whose goal is to help you on your journey to becoming the greatest MOH or maid of honor of all time. (laughs) So perfect to have you here to discuss all of these things that have kind of become traditions over time and have added a little bit of stress, I think, to brides and bridesmaids alike. Absolutely. A lot of stress. Yeah. I mean, so from the perspective of the maid of honor and the bridal party, how involved are they typically with the bridal shower? I think we know that bachelorette is kind of their territory, right? But when it comes to the bridal shower, what is typical? So from my personal experience, I've always been very heavily involved in the planning of the bridal shower. It wasn't really until I started Modern MOH that I realized that oftentimes the family takes on that, the mother of the bride, the future mother-in-law, sisters, close female relatives. But for me personally, it's always been me and then my fellow bridesmaids have really taken on that responsibility. I, I So to answer the question, I think it's super dependent on the relationship that the bride has with her family and then the relationship that she has with, you know, her bridal party as well. But you can also, you know, go 50-50 or, you know, we've had um, the mother of the bride, the future mother law pitch in kind of like bringing maybe some food dishes maybe pitching in on bringing some champagne for the party doing some of the decorations but again from my point of view the maid of honor and the bridal party usually take you know the brunt of the planning and executing of the bridal shower wow and so is that something that comes from the wishes of the bride or is it like you guys are just amazing friends and you're like we are throwing you this shower Right. So again, with me, I just didn't know. I, you know, it was my first time being a maid of honor. So I just assumed everything like fell on my shoulders. So I just took charge and started planning everything. Now, you know, my first time around was my best friend since I was five. So it was super easy to kind of just jump in. I know her so well. But one of the times I was a bridesmaid, it was the, you know, mother of the bride and the future mother-in-law that did plan it. And it was kind of like they took that initial charge. So we were like, you know, we're not going to step in. We're going to, we'll pitch in where we can. So I guess for me, it's, stem from being a good friend and just wanting to be a really great maid of honor and and give her the best bridal shower that I could. Oh, I think that's a really good point. Like it really also definitely depends on the mother of the bride and how much they want to be involved. You know, some moms have been waiting their daughter's entire life to plan their wedding exactly. and their shower and all of that. So, you know, they may not necessarily want 
the maid of honor or bridal party doing it. And I also think it depends on exactly what you said, your relationship to the bride. Because if like in my case, I was a maid of honor for my sister and I so wish modern MOH existed when that (laughs) happened because I was clueless. And my sister kind of like knew, like she very sweetly preemptively was like, well, two of my bridesmaids are married. They know what they're doing. Like you should ask them Mm -hmm. these questions. (laughs) But when it came to the bridal shower, my mom, she's like a craft queen. She's so creative. And she was like, I'm doing this. This is is the vision. This is what we're doing. You know, she was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So it definitely depends on like the relationships between everybody. Totally. So one of the biggest things that we talk about, why do we watch brides open their gifts as a bridal shower activity? You know, I don't really know. I believe that the bridal shower came about as a way for people. That was the whole point. You're showering the bride with gifts. So, of course, she's going to sit there and open the gifts. And now, you know, decades, centuries, probably later, we're still carrying it on without giving thought to the fact that maybe it's a little bit of an antiquated tradition that doesn't really need to happen at every bridal shower. You know, there are brides that like that. You know, they like the attention. They want to open all their gifts. They want to show that their family how appreciative they are of everything that they've given them. But there's also a lot of brides that are very shy, believe it or not, and don't want the attention on them, but they feel forced to go through with opening their gifts in front of their guests because etiquette says it's rude not to. And I disagree. I think that it absolutely should be up to the bride to decide whether or not she wants to open the gifts in front of her guests or if she doesn't. And again, disrupting traditions, I'm I'm all about it. And that's definitely one that I think could go. There's also so many alternatives. Number one, being a display bridal shower. Those are becoming much more popular nowadays. And it's a great middle ground for people that, you know, they bring gifts and they want the bride to be able to acknowledge that. And the bride wants to be able to acknowledge it and be appreciative, but she doesn't have to sit there and open them. You have a display table of the gifts. And if she so wants, she can go up and look them through. And then as she's looking them through, read the cards or read the tags and able to thank the people while being there, but also not taking the time. You know, it takes, you know, an hour, an hour and a half sometimes to open these gifts. It really eats away at the time to be able to just socialize, you know, and spend time with your loved ones. So, yeah, especially depending on the number of guests that you invite, like it really could take up a huge chunk of time. But the Mm -hmm. idea of a display shower, that's the first I've ever heard of that. So do people bring the gifts unwrapped already? Yeah, yeah. So we actually, the shower that I was at this last weekend did that. You bring it unwrapped, but you can put like a bow or little streamers or whatever you want. But then you, you know, you put either a card or a tag or something to identify that it's obviously from you. But then you just display these things out on a table. So, you know, you see it, the bride sees it. There's no unwrapping, there's no weight. So that's a huge thing. There's not a ton of wrapping paper or bags. But the bride is also, you know, she doesn't have to. She could just, you know, kind of go look at the display and move on. But she can also, you know, if she knows that her grandmother is going to be offended if she doesn't, you know, acknowledge her gift or she really wants to thank them in person, face to face, she can go over and go through the gifts one by one or as she see fits. But she doesn't have to sit there and open them. And everyone's staring at her the whole time. (laughs) It's so interesting because the whole concept, when you think about it, is super performative, right? Like Mm -hmm. you've gone and you've gone to a store and made a list of all the things that you want. And then you have to performatively unwrap and open them in front of people, act surprised about what it is when it's something you legitimately asked for. Exactly. And then like, 
That's the, and then you, the shoe on the other foot, the guests are, have to ooh and ah over these things that they clearly saw in the registry. They clearly bought. They know what it is. It, it is. It's super formative. And it can be just downright awkward at times because people don't really know what to do during that time. You can't talk. That's rude. You don't want to just be talking to other guests. You know, you want to pay attention to the bride, but then it's kind of silent and it can be an awkward experience. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like a little performance. It's yes. so funny. <laughs> And it's also, in a way, a performance for, like, the guests because it's showing how they spent their money and Mm -hmm. what they got for you, which can also feel super awkward for them. And something we've talked about a little bit, which I would love your take on, you know, when you are a maid of honor or a bridesmaid and you're doing so many things for the wedding already, sometimes that maybe means you're not giving 10 things off of their Mm -hmm. registry, right? Sometimes maybe it is, maybe it's like your best friend in the entire world and you have the funds and you want to spend your budget that way, but sometimes it's also not. And so there is this weird keeping tabs of who did what and who oh, bought yeah, what. Definitely. And yeah, how I much mean, someone spent or exactly. how expensive the gifts were. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, that can be tough. And that was something, you know, my first time around, I was like, oh, when you're planning and executing these bridal showers, you do spend a lot of money. You're feeding people, you're getting drinks, you want to do the favors, the decor, it adds up. And then it's like, oh, I still have to get a bridal shower gift. I can't not get a bridal shower gift. So my advice and what I always really like is, depending on the size of the bridal party, of course, but all of the bridal party pitching in together to get either maybe a large gift that they can all split, a couple different gifts, like you said. Another one of my favorite things and we've done it for one of my friends it was actually the idea of another bridesmaid which to do kind of like and I know you had Sarah from Honey Fund Mm -hmm. I know you had her on and I love that idea of the Honey Fund as a wedding gift so we kind of did a DIY Honey Fund they were going to Aruba for their honeymoon so we made this scrapbook and we looked into their resort and everyone kind of pitched in on an activity so like one girl bought a massage a couple's massage someone else paid for their dinner one night someone else pitched in for an excursion and then you put it all together and yeah you might only be spending you know 50 but it adds up and it's homemade and it goes a really long way to not just give a cooking dish off the registry. So I really like that idea of kind of pitching in with your bridal party. So no one feels forced to spend more than another person, but it all comes together as one big group gift. I love that idea. I think that's so smart. So if you're not going to sit through this whole thing and like do the performative opening of the gifts, another thing that happens at a lot of showers to kind of like pass the time or, you know, activities are like bridal shower games. Some of them are pretty cheesy. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so could you talk a little bit about maybe some more modern or not so like old school traditional game ideas that you yeah. have? Definitely. I mean, some of the the cliche ones, they work and they work for a reason and they're still around. But for me to make a game fun and not so awkward, I think you have to bring such a personal aspect to it. At the end of the day, the bridal shower is about the bride and the groom and their relationship. So if you don't bring those factors into it, it could get super awkward. You can't force guests to interact and do things that they don't want to. But if you make it about the bride and groom, everyone has a good time. And then they learn a little something about them that maybe they didn't know before. My personal favorite, and it's super easy, I refer to it as where were we print out pictures of the bride and groom from all different locations. So especially this is great for couples that travel and take a lot of vacations together, say like eight to 10 photos, however many you want. You give everyone out a little game card, you number them one through whatever. And, and the guests just have to guess where they were. Were they in Cancun? Were they in Florida? Were they wherever 
they were. And it's easy, but it also, it sparks conversation and guests too. Oh, I've been there before. Oh, I knew they went there and had a great time. So that's one of my personal favorites. You're going to display pictures anyway at a bridal shower. So you might as well make a game out of it. I also think there's other ones that are a little bit more time intensive, but like a couple's Jeopardy or a bridal Jeopardy style game is always fun because it can kind of get the competitive streak going. You know, people want to participate. They want to get the questions right. And then actually something I did do this past weekend for my good girlfriend was like a newlywed style game, which I really like. So I went over and I asked the groom like, I did like 15 questions kind of about them and their relationship and we recorded his answers. And then at the shower, we have her sit down and try to guess newlywed style, what she thinks he's going to say. So it's super cute because either they hit the nail on the head and you're like, oh my gosh, they're meant to be, they know everything about each other or they get them wrong and it's hilarious. But either way, it's such a good game. So anything that's personalized to the couple, I think you're going to win. That's a good point. I think that sometimes when people are trying to fill the awkward, they sometimes make the shower games about the people there. So like, what's your relationship to the bride or, and like, while that seems like a good sentiment on the surface, it could also bring out a can of worms because you might have a family member there who mom was really adamant that they were invited, but you don't really even have a relationship with them. Or sometimes people invite every woman Mm -hmm. that's invited to the wedding to the bridal shower like that became a thing that people thought they had to do and you might have zero relationship with this person or they're your fiance's friends significant other that you've never met and like there's all this weird pressure and so the more you can keep it about the bride and groom everybody will have some sort of connection to that rather than keeping it about like the people that are in attendance exactly yeah and so speaking of the bride and groom Something that we always like to play around with is the idea of having a wedding shower rather than a bridal shower. And in that case, it would be like a co-ed situation or if there isn't even a bride and groom and there's two brides, two grooms, like, you know, just nip in the bud this idea of having to have these separate occasions. And so we would just love to talk through some cool ideas for having the shower be something like that's not so gendered and it's very specific to just celebrating the couple. There's this weird feeling that like, you know, this stems from the tradition of the bridal shower really being A, to shower the bride with gifts, but also it was to prepare her for married life, which meant mostly cleaning and cooking for her mm-hmm. husband. And yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we don't really probably want to be further perpetuating that stereotype. But I think that because this is just the way it is, we often just don't think about the fact that having a bridal shower that's very much split and it's like, oh, the groom can show up for just five minutes and then leave. And why are we making it about only the bride being grateful for these people giving the couple gifts? And, And typically the things that end up on the registry just so happen to be like kitchen things. Right. And so how do we step away from that? Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I love the idea of wedding showers and and joint co-ed showers. I think something people fail to think about is the bride gets this opportunity to see her loved ones and people she might not have seen in a long time and gets to socialize. The groom doesn't get any of that. So, you know, we've all been to weddings and you see, you know, depending on how many guests, how busy are they? They get maybe three to five minutes to talk to each guest. A quick hi, bye, thanks for coming. On to the next one. I think the bridal shower is a great way to take that pressure off of the bride and groom 
for seeing these people beforehand. They don't feel so guilty that, oh, I wasn't able to talk to Aunt. You know, I only talked to her for five minutes. So I feel so guilty about that. Well, if you have this bridal shower, especially a joint bridal shower where the bride and the groom are there, that's a great opportunity for them to see everyone. And it takes pressure off of them on wedding day. So that's my number one reason that people don't really talk about that's an advantage of having a couple shower. But number two, like you said, making it less gendered. I mean, the idea that the wedding is just for the bride and it's really all about her and the groom just shows up and you know that's a lie i mean how many weddings have you been to or you've seen the groom an absolute wreck this is just as much about him as it is the bride so it's 2021 like why are we acting like it's not that way anymore and not to mention why shouldn't the groom get a taste of his own party why does the bride just get the bridal shower the groom should too and i think that there's also like a ton of fun you want to talk about like bringing in themes and kind of opening it up when you have a couple shower you can really do whatever it doesn't you know i love the idea of the stock the bar idea where instead of these traditional kitchen gifts and things like that for the home, you just bring a nice bottle of alcohol, you bring some barware, you bring mixers, whatever it is. You were talking about setting up the bride and groom for their home. I mean, that's a great way to do it. You know, they can turn around and entertain once they're married, have their friends over. So that's definitely one of my favorite couple showers ideas. And also there's a lot of couples that have similar friends. So it's, you're kind of saying, oh, you know, the bride only has female friends. That's not true. I mean, plenty of us have male friends too, and vice versa. The groom has plenty of female friends. So if you're not opening up that wedding shower idea, I think you're kind of like cutting off a lot of your really close friends. At The Budget Savvy Bride, we love working with companies that make your wedding planning simple, savvy, and stress-free. And today's sponsor will do just that. If you're looking for a different kind of bridal brand, check out Vowed Weddings. Val's collection of wedding dresses offers amazing quality and style at prices that won't break the bank. 70% of their collection is under a thousand bucks, so there's plenty of savvy styles to choose from. They're also a brand with a mission. They've pledged to give 1% of their sales to charities that build confidence and educate the next generation of incredible women. That's something we can really get behind. Visit vowedweddings.com today to browse their collections, schedule a virtual appointment, and take advantage of their try-at-home program. Again, visit vowedweddings.com, V-O-W-D, weddings, W-E-D-D-I-N-G-S.com. Happy planning. That idea of the stocking the bar is one that we really love too. And actually, sometimes couples will use it to stock the bar for the actual wedding. Right. What a savvy way to get one of those higher, usually higher budget items that's on your list, kind of taken care of. If you do know that, you know, you're not looking forward to getting a stand mixer or mm-hmm. a serving dish or any of that, that's such a cool way. And, and you know, it's something we really like to encourage people to think about bucking these traditions, but also because it should be something that really makes sense for you. And so maybe you don't feel comfortable opening gifts in front of people, and maybe you would actually rather your shower be a donation event, like a fundraising event. I love that idea. There's so many things that you can do once you are really in touch with what you value and what's important to you, like taking the time to say, okay, I'm sitting here picturing myself in a room with all of these people having to open the gifts they gave me. How do you feel? Do you want to (laughs) die? Then don't do it. Right. Or like, are you like, oh, I'm in my glory and I absolutely want them to make me a hat out of wrapping paper and bows and I want to wear it. (laughs) 
And that's also a great option if that's what you want. But take the time to think about what it is that you want and then talk about it with the people that are going to be planning it. Exactly. I think that's the number, like if anyone were to ever ask my number one piece of advice, just in general about this whole process is be you speak your mind. What do you want? You don't have to do it the way that everyone else seems to do it, do it the way you want to do it because you don't want to look back. You're hopefully only going to get this chance once. So you don't want to look back and regret, you know, I did it. I did what everyone else wanted me to do, not what I wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go through, you know, this same line of disrupting the gendered nature of the bridal shower. And let's look at that with bachelorettes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to say it because it seems to be such a big part of bachelorette parties, but anything penis related, <laughs> any, I mean, they got to go. The the penis shrawls, the same penis forever banners that you put up at, like all... I mean, that's number one. To me, it's gotten to the point now where people, again, just feel like that's like some kind of ritual that they have to do at their bachelorette. But I just, I can't stand it. I think that they truly got to go. I mean, you want to talk about taking the gender out of it. That's number one um, for me. It's kind of like a double standard when you think about it. You know, we talk about objectifying women so much, but like the bachelorette party is all about penises. Like, it's Absolutely. I mean, imagine <laughs> if it was reversed if a bachelor party, went, I mean, you it would be an uproar. It's so, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And on I mean on and the flip side with bachelor parties, the same can be said for the idea that they have to hire strippers or that is just such an old school way of thinking. So number that's number one, just right there to me. They just I hope that begins to fizzle out. I mean it is a bit, but you still see it no matter where you go. And it's I mean just... now you can literally get like inflatable pool floats that yep. are shaped like yeah. a phallus. So it's, you know <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely wild. And another thing when you know I think about for the bachelorette side is the whole miss to misses or last fling before the ring you're insinuating that you know it's the bride whose life is going to be completely changed by getting married and now she's a missus and no more flings and all these and it's just you know that's not true again to take it back the groom is experiencing the same things they are both equally going into that next step of life so constantly harping on the that it's the bride who you know is being complete her life's about to change I I'm not about that <laughs> yeah and I also think okay bear with me for a minute this could be a hot take but <laughs> I also feel like obviously that type of narrative of this is your last night of freedom or any of that that obviously has stemmed from the actual like anxieties that people have about getting married and that's a real thing and I will acknowledge that but I also think that if that is the narrative that is so much driving your experience of getting married then maybe you need to like take a look at why you're getting married and if marriage is even for you I just think there's no, a little I, I bit. I agree. I mean, yeah, it's not about that at all. I mean, to me, it's about really, it's celebrating your marriage, but like, it's really just an excuse to go out with your girlfriends for the weekend and have a good time. I mean, it really is. That's, yeah. You know, and you kind of alluded to that with the bridal shower too. And that's something I want to make sure we drive home is that these extra wedding events really should be about spending time with the people that you love celebrating this big milestone in your life. The whole point is you're doing it because you want to see them. Yeah. And 
it makes so much sense when you think about the actual wedding and how you probably get like 30 seconds with each person, you know, so you really have to have some of these events in order to get more of that quality time exactly with these people. And that is something that I love about what you could make for your bachelorette, which is just like awesome bonding time. But somewhere along the line, it seems like we got to a place where we're going on huge vacations, weekends, week long, you international. Know. <laughs> yeah, pulling out the stops. You know, if your crew has the budget to do this, more power to you. Fantastic. Live your lives. But we also always know that not everybody's situation is the same. And I just think that there is this unspoken pressure that has come with having this have to be this epic event, the thing you'll remember for the rest of your life, it has to be huge. And like, really, does it need to be? No. No, I don't think so, no. And yeah, we've gotten to the point where you would think the discussion would be, okay, can we afford to do this three-day long or week-long or even Destination International? Like, no, the conversation is who can't? When did we flip-flop of just assuming people could and then people have to feel awkward to, you know, voice that, hey, I can't afford to do this. It's just wild the way that we've just kind of adopted this idea that a bachelorette is, you know, a three-day thing, a Thursday through Sunday, that it's a destination, it's a plane right like it it has gotten I hate to say out of hand because I know it's fun and I know it's but it is gotten out of hand the amount of money that people are spending for these things that I mean yeah (laughs) it's it's, yeah it's gotten really crazy and especially like the last year with COVID and everything else there's been lots of layoffs and job loss and financial struggles for people so now more than ever like we have to be sensitive about those things especially with the people that we consider our like nearest and dearest friends right obviously this last year and a half it's been crazy and and i understand the feeling of now more than ever you want to go do something but unfortunately with everything that's going on it makes it even harder so that's just another added level of stress to this whole thing but yeah the three-day weekend long destination bachelorettes are they're something else i mean they are uh they're to do i mean they they really are it's uh, i've gone on a few and you know i'm still paying off my credit card debt for them absolutely so if you are looking to not do something like that what are some cool one day local in your neighborhood type of situations that you could do to make like a really fun event still happen yeah so i mean obviously it's super like location dependent on where you live like i live 15 minutes from the beach so go have a beach day you know pack up a beach picnic go do that if you live by a lake or any type of body of water rent a boat for the day go out and have a little bachelorette booze cruise with your girls i mean i know it's cliche but go to a winery i mean or a brewery they're so easy they're so fun rent a bus if you want make it a you know a a big to do if you're you know into health and wellness go take like a group exercise class or a yoga class then go to brunch after i mean i love those little like uh what are they pedal taverns or little pedal bikes that people do if you live in a city that has those they're so fun i mean the thing is with those one day the options are endless because you can afford to spend maybe a little bit more because it is just that one day but you make that one day super special i love all those ideas i'm down for all of them (laughs) i know i've done them all and they're all fun (laughs) (laughs) truly the moral of the story here 
these traditions around bachelorettes and around bridal showers specifically, I mean, same thing with so many of the wedding traditions too, but I think wedding traditions are very easy to extrapolate into some sort of lovey-dovey meaning, even if that's not how they were intended. Right. With bridal showers and bachelorettes, it's a little bit more far-fetched. And so I think that really what we're saying here is so much of the pressure you feel to do things a certain way is just because everybody is fed this narrative culturally, like in our society, that these are the things that you do when it comes to someone in your life getting married. But the reality is every person, I mean, maybe unless they're like you and they have so much experience to go off of, every first time maid of honor, every first time bridesmaid is kind of like, oh, I don't actually know what I'm doing. (laughs) And the only way that they can know is to be armed with the ability to communicate with the bride And then on the other side of that is the bride having the ability to actually say and know what it is that she wants. So we're always coming down to the fact that getting your values in line and actually being, being able to talk about them is the first step in planning any aspect of your wedding. Absolutely. It's the key. I mean, if you don't talk and you're not open and honest about every aspect from the first discussion to the end, it's tough. And the sad part is that it can create a kind of divide between friends. I mean, you've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen before. If you're not open and honest with each other, you can come out on the back end into changing your friendship. And that's the craziest thing because this all is supposed to be a happy, lovely, exciting time. But unfortunately, without like that open, honest communication, friendships do get affected. So I absolutely agree with you. Honesty on both ends of the spectrum all the time. Thousand percent. That's so well said. The last thing you want is to feel like bitterness or resentful or anything like that after what's supposed to be such a happy time. Communicating. I mean, it's all it always comes back to communication, yep. right? <laughs> yep, it really does. <laughs> so something we always like to do on the bouquet toss is close with a fun wedding fact. And as I was looking for a fun wedding fact, I came across what I'm not gonna say is a fact because <laughs> I think this might be folklore. And I found this from Vows Magazine. There's this popular story that's told that the first bridal shower happened in the late 1800s because there was a party for the bride in which her friends all tucked small gifts into a parasol so that when she opened the parasol up, the gifts showered on her. Okay. I have never heard that, but we'll go with it because that's kind of cute. That's a... It's, it is cute. Again, not, not saying this is fact, <laughs> but it's, it's cute. I like, I like that. that. I mean, sh- shower in a somewhere. Yeah. I mean, so now you've got a fun wedding, okay, fun like bridal that. shower game, right? Maybe whatever the bride loves. Maybe she loves those dark chocolate peanut butter cups from Trader mm-hmm. Joe's. You put all of the, so specific, you put all of that in a little umbrella parasol for her and then she opens it and it rains chocolate peanut butter on her. That's a great idea. Especially as a surprise. She just sits there and it pops open and all of a sudden. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. All right. We're going to go. We're going to go with that. That's where it came from. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, Megan, thank you so much for talking about all of this with us today. It was so fun. Give our listeners an idea of where they can find more about Modern MOH and you online. 
Yeah, so I'm pretty easy. Um, I'm not super heavy on social media. I'm more blog focused, so just modernmoh.com. And then I'm always open to talk if anyone has any questions or just wants to voice some concerns or issues or whatever it is. I love, you know, talking with my readers. So you can just email me directly at hello at modernmoh and I will get back to you ASAP. Amazing. And thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, and we look forward to chatting again soon.